Hi, hey, and hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore, after, a day after, uh, another wonderful, wonderful, um, gut-wrenching, terrifying, heart attack driving Colts win. I was definitely had a heart attack myself on that last drive. I knew it was going to be close. I knew it was going to be, even though the Texans were down, they still have Deshaun Watson. And I mean, we were getting back some key guys too. So it, but man, what a, basically a tale of two halves. The offense was great in the first half, not great in the second defense. Wasn't great in the first half. Great in the second. It was, it was a crazy game. We saw the team owner out there dominating on the field once again. Hey, but in the NFL, you'll take a win however you can get it, and nobody's going to remember this if the Colts are playing in January. So Colts are 8-4. and four. Good team win yesterday. Um, Yeah, I agree. It was 26-20 20, uh, against the division opponent, against the Houston Texans. And I don't know if anybody remembers but I do believe Andrew and I, specifically me, because I'm so smart, um, I do believe, <laughs> I said, start T.Y. Hilton on your fantasy league. If you don't you have T.Y. Hilton, go pick up T.Y. Hilton because he's probably still available and start the man. Now, if you check the scores to my fantasy game, you will see that I listen to my own, invi- own advice. Start T.Y., score me a lot of fantasy points. T.Y. Hilton owns the Texans. He specifically owns... Houston Texans Stadium. It was a great performance. We saw vintage T.Y. Hilton yesterday. The Colts made it a point to get him involved early. Frank Reich was scheming him open, and and he took it to the Texans. Uh, He had eight catches yesterday for 110 yards and a touchdown, and and you could feel it right from the very beginning. I mean, I think the first play of the game, wasn't it a pass to T.Y. Hilton? And I, I immediately was thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to be T.Y.'s game. Beautiful play call by Frank Reich when when T.Y. was crossing over the middle, just absolutely wide open for that touchdown. And then the catch that almost wasn't a catch. Buddy, what a what a grab by T.Y. Hilton to go up there with two guys around him and toe-tap his heels to keep it in bounds. At first, I didn't think it was a catch, and until they slowed it down, I was like, wait a minute. That, that's good. Incredible I saw, play by T.Y. I saw it right on the first replay, and I was watching with my brother and Paige. And I said, he did get his feet. I said, he got the other foot down. They're like, no, he didn't. You're crazy. I, you could see from one of the angles, his foot in between the defender's legs. Like just mm-hmm. barely, you could see it come down and touch. Where if you weren't paying close attention, you would have thought you couldn't see his feet at all because the defender was in the way. You could see his foot touch. Um, and then they went the other angle. And, you know, they both around me go, oh. And I said, see? Uh, and it was catch. It was beautiful. What what absolutely incredible uh, T.Y. performance. He, He's an all-star at the sideline at getting his feet down. He had one last week, too, that just blew my mind. It felt like he was frozen in midair just on his toes waiting for the ball to get there. Yeah, it's he He was he was the old T.Y. And, and I think the Colts kind of need to take this and, and think about this real hard and, and make sure they continue to do this because when T.Y. Hilton has the ball in his hands, good things happen. And it seems like the the whole year we've kind of just been using T.Y. more as a decoy and more of him taking pressure away to get the other guys open. Which is great. 
it, it, it it's a great thing to do. It's you. It's a useful tool, but it can't be the only tool. It's useful, but I don't think it's going to. It's not going to win you all these games. The games that you want to win, I should say. You don't see the Chiefs taking Tyreek Tyreek Hill completely out of it and to, to take away the defense. So you don't see these other teams using their top wide receiver. T.Y. Hill could still play in this league. And, I agree. and whether, whether you think it or not, and I was going to, I was going to ask you, maybe you should speak to your cousin about now what she thinks about resigning T.Y. Hilton for next year. Yeah. Have a little um, talk. It's, he, he was converting first down after first down after first down. And, and you even saw little five, nine T.Y. Hilton fighting for extra yards yesterday. Something mm-hmm. he doesn't normally do. I mean, this, this man wanted it and, and I'm so glad that Frank Reich was able to get him and really made him a focus of the game plan. He's the first all, pass of the game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, the first not, pass of the game. Did not even hesitate. He threw it right. I mean, just immediately Phil went to T.Y. and said, well, here we go. And it also seems like Philip Rivers is starting to get a little bit more of a connection with T.Y. Hilton as well. We thought, I think maybe, maybe we, we put it on us as fans to kind of think that it was just going to be simple that Phil Rivers would come in and he'd immediately have that connection that, that Andrew Luck did with what's well, cause he Hilton. sold us on the idea that he could. Yeah. Sold me made sense yeah. in my brain, but it, it just, it seems like it's, it's, it's taken some time, but we've seen yeah. the past couple games, especially that, that rivers is looking for T Y more. He, he has trust in him going deep to T Y. And, and it seems like when, when Phil needs bailed out, that's who he's going to. If it's not a check down to a, to a running back, he's finding where T.Y. is and trying to deliver him the ball. T.Y. yesterday had the most targets he's had all year by far. I think he had 11 targets. And and it's something the Colts definitely need to use going forward. And I put out a poll on our Twitter account how many, how many yards that the Colts fans thought he would get. And, and most people thought he'd only get 50 to 75 yards. I mean, come on, guys. Not me. You got to know. I voted for 100 plus. You probably voted for 100 plus. Absolutely. You, you got to know. T.Y. Hilton's the Texans team owner. Eight receptions, and, 11 targets. You were right with a touchdown and 110 yards, a long yeah. of 21, averaging 13.4 per reception. You, If there was ever a game this 13. year that for, T.Y., for T.Y. to get back on track, this was it. And it very well could continue the rest of the year because, I mean, Oakland doesn't have that great of a secondary. We play the Texans once again, so we know they don't have they don't have a stop for T.Y. Hilton. I mean, then we have the game against Pittsburgh, and and then there's Jacksonville, and Jacksonville it could be the Colts playing for for a playoff spot, and and that's when the big players show up, and you know T.Y. Hilton's going to bring his A game then, so it could be the start of getting T.Y. Hilton back on the roll, and and just another dynamic element to this offense, and like I said, the Colts definitely need to use him more like they did yesterday if they want to get to where they want to get in January, and if you watch the game yesterday, you may not even realize. Philip Rivers, another good game. Not not his best game of the season by any means, but another solid day. 27 out of 35, uh, passing 285 yards, a touchdown, two touchdowns. Do you when's the last time Phil threw an interception? Knock on wood. I mean, wasn't and wasn't on a tip ball. Uh I'm trying to think. It was, it was, it, it, was it was last week against Tennessee. Oh, think, that was that one overthrow. Yeah, that one he was, was on th- him. He was trying to he was trying to connect with Zach Pascal deep, if I remember yep. right. All right, but just but, let's but, back up ten seconds here. We're gonna just cut that. We're gonna cut that and uh, 
But I, I get what you mean. We're we're not seeing Philip Rivers make those make those boneheaded mistakes that he did earlier in the year. He's not trying to force throws. I don't think he's he's relying on his receivers. He's he's inc- being incredibly accurate with the football too. He was again yesterday. I don't think he had a single play where I thought, "Ooh, bad decision by Phil." Ooh, that was going to be a turnover. I, I I mean, there could have been, but not off the top of my head. I can't remember one. It looks like he's just getting into the flow of the offense, and he's just becoming so much more comfortable with the pieces around him mm-hmm. not not only ty hilton but michael Pittman jr uh, jonathan taylor and the running backs and and even with the loss of anthony costanza which we'll talk about that impact here in a bit phil Rivers was getting the ball out quick and he was delivering it accurately to his receivers and he was doing exactly what the colts needed for her for him to win and for uh, for us to win and it, i mean i can't I can't really find a fault with what Philip Rivers did yesterday. It was a pretty good game by 17. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even my one complaint, I think, would just because of the three sacks. I'm like, well, I don't. Could he have just gotten rid of the ball? You know, what I mean? like could he have just tossed away? And you turn around and tell me he's got the he hang on, hung on to the ball shorter than any quarterback yes. of the day on Sunday. So the, this is a wild stat. I think it was Joel Erickson who tweeted this out today that that Philip Rivers only held the ball on average. 2.3 seconds yesterday before throwing it, which was the fastest in the league of all week 13. And so he was delivering it fast. He was being quick and decisive with the football and the pressure that got to him. I don't think it was really a, uh, an issue of him holding on to the ball too long. It was just that the Colts offensive line got beat in those spots. To be fair, the Steelers haven't played yet. And big Ben has been leading the league in uh quick releases, which is, so ass backwards compared to what you're used to seeing out of Big Ben. Big Ben's been getting it away on an average this year, like 2.29 seconds, which is absurd. It's an absurd number just in itself, but especially for Big Ben, who likes to stand back there in the pocket and basically throw dudes off him as he waits for everybody in the world to get open. He used to be unbelievable. I used to, uh, not a big Big Ben fan, but I've I've always hated just because, you know, a kind of a rivalry with the Steelers. Um, But the man just throws people off of him. It's ridiculous. Um, Bill Rivers, along with Jonathan Taylor, another person who had a great game on the offense yesterday. Um, 91 rushing yards, 44 receiving yards, and a touchdown. And he could have had more. I mean, I, I found myself multiple times in the game just, where's Jonathan Taylor? Where's Jonathan Taylor? What happened to feed the hot hand? Because... It, the boy looks, in my opinion, the best he has uh, all season just with what he was given. I mean, that first first down that he got where LaRaven Clark actually was helping push the pile um, with him, that first that first down I said, oh, boy, he's going to eat today. And another check mark on the Brandon was right box for that game. Well, we, I mean, on that play specifically, you thought he was going to have a decent five yard gain. And then, and the boy just kept going. Well, and and you usually get the the refs blowing the whistle too early early in a situation like that, especially against the Colts. Anything that inconvenience us, they're they're down for. Um, But they, the pile kept moving and they, and he he was hopping on one leg at one point, pushing (laughs) the pile back with little Raven Clark. It was incredible. Right. It, it, he was he's, he's he's a power. He's got that speed that we always talk about, but he's a big dude. He's a big running Strong. back. He's a thick, thick guy. Thick boy. So he needs, needs, needs to use that power. And, and I think that's that's kind of what we saw yesterday. Instead of him being timid and trying to find the right hole and overthinking things, 
it seems like the game is starting to slow down for him. He's hitting the holes a lot quicker yep. and, and he's not being afraid of these hits. He's, he's kind of enforcing the contact. You see it yeah. multiple times where, where a guy's coming up to tackle him and, and he, he goes right for it. He's, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to truck you over like a Brandon Jacobs. Right. But the dude's, the dude's got some power. And, and when you, when you, initiate the contact like that and initiate the hit it's going to help Jonathan Taylor I I can't it seems like every every play yesterday he fell forward because he was the one that was initiating the contact pushing forward like Mm -hmm. that and it got a couple extra yards on almost every single play so we're starting to see the Jonathan Taylor that I think we we expected now as far as why the Colts didn't continue to feed him that's a question I had myself it was it was very strange because normally when you get a running back, or at least the Colts this year, when they've had a running back in those situations, they they get the ball a lot and a lot and a lot and just keep going and going and going. And and while he did have the most touches yesterday, there were there were some key points in the game where I thought he should have been in, where I thought we should have got in the ball and and he wasn't out there and we didn't. That's something that that we're recording this right now at, at four o'clock on Monday during Frank Reich's presser that I think the guys the media in India are probably talking to him out and maybe asking him some of those questions, but it is a little bit of a head scratcher why Jonathan Taylor wasn't in there on, on certain plays and in certain situations. And I think it hurt the Colts when he wasn't. Well, he didn't hesitate to uh, justify the decision to go for it on fourth, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Not yet. Um, but the loss of Anthony Costanzo, definitely a noticeable impact. Hopefully we can get him back soon-ish. I assume we have probably another couple weeks without him. Um, then Raven Clark, we'll go ahead and talk about that injury right now, did, um, according to Frank in his literally right now in the press conference uh, with the media, did tell the media that Raven Clark is out for the season with an Achilles. Yeah, and I mean, I was, I was one of the biggest – haters on the Raven Clark, but he, he at least was another body on the offensive line. And now we're, now we're going to see what Chaz green has and Chaz green was on the injury report all last week. He was hurting too. He's got some back issues. So the Colt, the Colts need Anthony Costanzo back uh, as soon as they can. And, and I think, I think what is what I've noticed, and I think it's a really good, I wouldn't say omen, but it's a good sign about the Anthony Costanza situation is the Colts haven't even discussed putting him on IR yet. Mm-hmm. And by with this year, with the COVID rules and everything, you could put a player on IR and you can bring him back after three weeks. So right. if, if that's the case, the, the Colts apparently don't even think he's going to be out for three weeks. Otherwise they would have moved him on to IR wouldn't be holding a roster spot for him. They could bring somebody else in, but that hasn't been the case. And so I think that's a very good sign. Could we see him back this weekend against the Raiders? That I don't know. I almost want to say that I think he probably misses this weekend against, against Las Vegas, but he very well could be back the week after when the Colts play Houston in Indianapolis. And, and that would be huge if we could have AC for the final three games of the year, especially, especially we're going to need him against Pittsburgh because if he's not there against Pittsburgh, man, uh, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers might be in for a day, but it, it really can't be understated the the loss of Anthony Costanzo, and I think you really saw that in the second half when when the Colts just their offense just completely sputtered, and the Colts had five had five drives in the second half, three of them were ended by a sack, 
And then a couple more were ended by holding calls or other penalties along the line. And, and those, a, a couple of those sacks, it was because of the pressure over on the left-hand side where Anthony Costanzo would have been. And, and you can't tell me that pressure is going to be there with Anthony Costanzo. J.J. Watt or not, maybe J.J. Watt beats him a couple times, but, but we've seen that Anthony Costanzo can hold his own with J.J. Watt pretty well over the years. J.J. Watt was trying to ruin the game. Oh, yeah. He was I mean, single-handedly he, he was... keeping him in the game on the defensive side. Yeah. Him, him and Deshaun Watson. And and it's just the Colts. Anthony Costanzo is the most irreplaceable player on that Colts offense right now. Point blank. And and especially with this injury to Lloyd and Clark, we need him back as soon as possible. And until so then, it looks like it's going to be Chaz Green filling in at, at left tackle until AC's back. Now let's talk about the defense. A tale of two halves, Andrew, Andrew writes. Um, defense gives up four, I'm sorry, 40, uh, 20 points in the first half. Again, I say that again, as in more than once in a row, more than twice in a row. Um, zero in the second. Zero points in the second half, which uh, out of the last four games, two of the games, they've given up zero points. One of the games, they've given up three, and eh, last week exists yeah it's it's crazy and and how the game started the game started with them getting pressure on on Deshaun Watson and mm-hmm. I was thinking after that first drive I was thinking okay this is kind oh, of what I wanted to see this and he was just tossing to people off of him like Big Ben does yeah I mean they were just it was like he was covered in butter that's and that's one of the main problems that, that the Colts had yesterday was they they were getting plenty of pressure on Deshaun Watson and, and you saw it the Colts were blitzing him a little bit more than I've seen than you normally see the Colts play against against really anybody they were blitzing Darius Leonard multiple times I kept seeing Kenny Moore coming around the edge there were times where they sent Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore at Deshaun Watson yeah and and Justin Houston talked about it before the game. Darius Leonard talked about it before the game. Deshaun Watson, while he's got a slimmer body, he's just so strong in his core and in his lower body that he can toss guys off. And, and once you wrap him up, you or once you get hands on him, there's no, no guarantee he's going to go down. And a lot of times when he when Deshaun made his plays yesterday, it was because the Colts couldn't wrap him up in the pocket. And he was able to shake off defenders. He was able to get outside the pocket and, and made made some hell of a plays out there. And I think that's that's kind of what it came down to. In the second half, the Colts were able to contain him a little bit more in the pocket. They were able to to get home on on some sacks because I think I mean the Colts had I want to say five sacks yesterday. Justin Houston had three. Which talk about Justin Houston? I I. I called him out last week and said we need to see something from him, and then yeah. dude just goes. Up we both did. That's maybe his best game as a Colt. DeForest Buckner, the impact in him was felt right away. He had he had two sacks and numerous QB hurries after QB hurries. It was it was fantastic, and and so we were generating pressure. It's just we couldn't quite wrap him up in the first half, and I think I think that's where you saw the major of the points come from. But at the same time, this this can't keep happening. We can't rely on these second half adjustments to make it where no, because if you get down in too big of a hole like we did last week, we we don't have enough firepower on the offensive side to to catch up. I mean, fourteen points was something against Green Bay, but I mean, 
last week we 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 showed that we, we we can't we can't afford to be down especially that much in the second half. Um, Justin Houston with that safety, by the way, Frank said yesterday he think and I think he was just told this as well. I think that ties him for most safeties of all time. Yep, ridiculous stats. He now has four safeties in his career, which ties him for the NFL record. Uh, and he has got he's got two this year alone, which is it's pretty cool stat. Justin Houston went off yesterday, and and his presence was definitely felt. He now leads the team in sacks. He basically doubled his amount of sacks for the year yesterday, and and he definitely was was needed. Because the way the way Deshaun Watson was getting outside the pocket, if we didn't have Justin Houston there, I mean Deshaun already three for three hundred and forty yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he was sure getting them up and down the field without Justin right. Houston, without DeForest Buckner. I mean Watson Watson probably would have had an MVP like performance yesterday. And, and while he still played well, the Colts were able to capitalize on his mistakes and, and, and contain him to his sort. But but as I was saying, man, this can't this can't continue where we give up all these points in the second half and and, half. and expect to win because the thing about these these really good teams like the Pittsburghs, like the the Kansas Cities, even even the Buffaloes, and, and we saw it last week in Tennessee. There's these really good te- or not in Tennessee, but against Tennessee, you get it. These really good teams, it's not going to matter if we're able to make adjustments because they're going to take so much in the first half that we can't rely on this offense to bring us back or, or to keep it going the to, to win us the game. This elite D, this elite Colts defense, if we, I would still consider them elite, but it needs to be all four quarters. And I'm not, I'm not saying a shutout performance, but at the same time, you can't give up 20 points in the every first half that you're not going to win very many games doing that and with with the margin of error being as slim as it is Colts can't afford to do that especially with our upcoming schedule and how close this AFC race is becoming I agree so let's go ahead and argue about this because we're going to argue because we still disagree uh Frank Reich's decision to go for it real real quick right before we talk about this Kenny Moore why is Deshaun Watson picking on Kenny Moore? I don't know. He didn't pick on him. He got his ass picked on by Kenny Moore. He, he kept throwing it right at Kenny Moore, and it just ended up in complete incompletions and an interception. Kenny Moore, Pro Bowler, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine why not. Just wanted to throw that in there before we talk about the fourth down call. Name two bad things Kenny Moore's done this season. He gave up the touchdown in Detroit. That's about the only thing I can think of. Did we win that game? We did. Hmm. Insignificant. <laughs> guess it didn't matter. Um, but, yeah, Frank Reich's decision, go for it on fourth when we were up by four points, could have gone up a full touchdown, so that last Texans drive wouldn't have felt like the end of the world if they scored a touchdown. Um, and in any of the running backs, Frank said this, any of the running backs would have gotten their shit stuffed right up the middle <laughs> with, with the play call there. The, your argument is, well, I'm glad he went for it but I didn't like the play call. I didn't like any of it. I want to go up by a full seven points. And, yeah, I know we never get the safety then, but guess what? Field goals are worth more points than safeties. Well, the thing is, too, if we score that field goal and Deshaun Watson, I mean, the Texans still end up in the same position. They would still have to go for a touchdown at the end. They'd still – Yeah, but a touchdown and an extra point wouldn't have beat us. 
But at the same time, then you're playing like Chuck Pagano. You're playing not no. to lose. Instead, you're, Frank Reich is playing to win the game. I and, I, and I like, I love the call. As soon as, as soon as the, the end of the play happened, I, I, I immediately said, said out loud, go for it. Because you're, you're inside the five. You have a chance. To, and if they got it, they'll probably put the, the Texans away right there. I said, we're going to go for it. We shouldn't go for it, but we're going to go for it. I knew we were. And, and you know Frank Reich's an analytics guy. All the analytics charts say to go for it at that point. And, and the, honestly, the Colts' offense on that drive was rolling. That's why I don't have a problem with them going for it. That's there. the second time we went for it on fourth on that drive, I believe. The problem I have with it is the play call. Now, Frank Reich said that there was multiple different options in the play call. It was RPO. He could have he could have handed it off. He could have threw it. My my main I have quite a few issues with the play call. Number one, the personnel. Jonathan Taylor had been dominant all day, and we saw him move the pile and how he was laying the hits. We already talked about it. How he was dishing it out. He had ninety one yards. He had a forty four yards receiving. He had that touchdown. Jonathan Taylor was hot. I understand that Frank Reich has confidence and has faith in all of his running backs, but at the same time, you got to know your personnel better than that. That's a time to put Jonathan Taylor in the game. I was a little bit surprised that Jacoby Brissett wasn't in the game because Jacoby Brissett, how, how many times have we had success with Jacoby Brissett in short yarded situations? I mean, hell the, the fourth down earlier where Jacoby Brissett did a QB sneak, or maybe it was third down and he still got the first there. So that that's one problem. Another problem is why why do you have Trey Burton as the lead blocker? On no that? idea. That's I mean Jack Do- you have Jack Doyle sure Mo Alley Cox I'd be okay with that because Mo's huge Mo can block, but Trey Burton is probably three of three on the on the tight end depth chart of being able to block. Trey Burton completely whiffed on that. And that's why yeah. Frank Reich said, and if any of the running backs were in there, they would have gotten blown up and they wouldn't have gotten anyway. It's because you have Trey Burton as the lead blocker. Again, better personnel. And honestly, we were kind of, I almost want to say the play call got a little cute. Get, get you either get Jacoby in there under center, get Phil under center, hand it off to Jonathan Taylor. Let him go behind your all pro guard and Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Let him go behind your pro bowl center and Ryan Kelly. And just fucking make a play. Like that's 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 where it comes down to. And and I don't see that's why I don't have a problem with the Colts going for it. We just need a better play call in that instance. And and I even earlier in the show, I was I was praising Frank Reich for his ability to scheme T. Y. Hilton open and, and go at him. But this is this is that was a big play call and, and it almost cost the Colts. And I put that solely on on Frank Reich, not because of the decision, but because of the play call. And and while the Colts didn't execute it, get your personnel in there that should execute the play and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Um, while we're on play calls and decisions uh, on going for it, are, is Jacoby ever going to throw the football? I mean, because <laughs> I get it. Every time he hey. comes in, it like they're like, he's running every time, but this could be the time. All right, now it's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, he's going to run the ball or someone's going to run the ball. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I eventually he's got to throw a football, uh, right? Uh, eventually he will. And I think aside that's from the one that he threw against the Ravens, he did have, he does have 17 yards passing on the season. People forget that. 
But anyway, I, I see what you mean. And, and there will be opportunities when it's all an all out sellout on the run and, and Jacoby will throw the ball. And, and on those short passes, I, I have confidence Jacoby's going to make the right play. But at the same time, he's been so successful on the QB sneaks. I mean, keep going until they stop you. This is what my thought about it is. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's not the way a football game works, though. I mean, you you can keep betting against the Jets until the Jets finally win a football game. But, I mean. I don't know. When you play cover zero on a Hail Mary, I don't know if you're going to win very many games. I mean, that's besides the point. Um, I'm just saying you – you, you, you can you can say, oh, we'll just keep doing that thing that works until it doesn't work anymore. Well, sometimes you you really, really, really need that thing to work, and you run into a situation where it's just not going to, and by the time it doesn't, it's already too late, and maybe you've lost a football game because of it. Um, yeah, but and at the same time, I mean, I'm not saying that run it until you get stopped, but it's it's been working, and, and I think Jacoby – Jacoby Brissett, I mean, they, if they're getting the correct look, why not go for it? I don't want him to just throw it just to practice throwing it. I want him to actually make the right read. And so far, the QB sneaks and the runs have all been the right read. Uh, maybe minus minus a, a couple here and there where, where he's gotten, mm-hmm. I think there was one, I almost want to say against against Tennessee where, where he got stopped. I, I could be wrong. But, I mean, hey, it, it's working so far, and it's definitely keeping the, the defense off balance if they know he's coming. I mean, they sure haven't stopped him yet. All right. So injuries, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, before the game, Andrew uh, read about this, told me about it. Colts QB Phillip Rivers will likely need surgery after the season to repair a plantar plate rupture, uh, which is apparently worse than turf toe. But, you know, he's not a running back. He's not a wide receiver. So for now, no lift. He's he's definitely in a lot of pain, but as you can see, it doesn't look like it's 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 hampering his performance when he goes out there and throws 285 yards and two TDs. And I think his QB rating was like 119 yesterday. He played a played a phenomenal game. He left the stadium in a walking boot, and I think that's just he's going to be end up being in a walking boot pretty much all year because he's going to need surgery after the year. But you're you know what Philip Rivers has said it multiple times: the toe is not going to keep me out of a game. And he's one of the toughest dudes in NFL history. So I, it sucks, and he's playing through a lot of pain. But, I mean, hey, our QB's one tough SOB, and I'm glad to have him. As mentioned before, the Colts have not thought about putting Anthony Costanzo on IR for his knee. Uh, and Reich does say he's making good progress, which is excellent news. Linebacker Bobby Okariki, ankle, missed another game this week. Uh, have we heard anything about him coming back this week, Andrew? So he was working with the trainers towards the end of last week on the sideline. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts practicing this week. Uh, Frank, maybe have talked about it on, in his presser today, which if he does, we'll I'll shoot it out on the social, but I, we could see him come back against Las Vegas. I think. Safety Kari Willis back quad missed game on Sunday. He's kind of just all around beat up. He's a tough guy. I would expect that we see him again soon. Very well could, um, especially since they the Colts said Kari Willis probably could have came back into the game against Tennessee mm-hmm. if if he absolutely needed to. Um, it looks like maybe they're just kind of being on on the cautious side. And, and Tavon Wilson came in and played pretty well for for Kari Willis this mm-hmm. weekend. So a big shout out to him. 
And as mentioned before, Larry Evan Clark is going to be out for the season due to the Achilles being torn. Other Colts news. Colts signed punter Ryan Allen to the practice squad. Colts activate DeForest Buckner and Nico Autry off the reserve COVID list. They both played this weekend. Um, Colts nominate defensive end Justin Houston for the 2020 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Yeah, good for Justin Houston. Huge game. Nominated for a Sportsmanship Award. Yeah, so I'm loving up on Deshaun Watson during the game. Yeah. And then Ryan Allen really didn't do too bad in Rigo's stead. Yeah. I love the videos that the Colts were putting out of Rigo cheering on from home. That was yeah. that was awesome to see. So still can't wait for Rigo to be back. And I hope he comes back either the game against Houston or the game against Jacksonville in Lucas Oil Stadium. Because, man, I can't wait yep. to ha- have him introduce Rigo and that the 12,000 people go wild. All right. Uh, week 12 games we missed. Feel, week 12, longest week in NFL history. Um, finally, the Steelers and the Ravens played, and the Steelers did pull it out 19-14. to 14. They did not cover uh, due to a last-minute bullshit touchdown um, because of freaking, I don't even know his first name, McSorley from Penn State coming in as the third-string quarterback because what do you know? I said RG3 was going to get hurt, and I was right. Man, you sound upset. Yeah, yeah Trace I'm McSorley a little, with a, a bomb. Little, I'm a little pissed off at Trace McSorley. It wasn't a bomb. He threw a 20-yard pass to Marquise Brown, and Marquise Brown made 50 people miss and took it to the house. Um, you get it. Ended week 13. Up as a long TD. We get it. Steelers uh, sweep that series. Week 13 slate of games. Saints beat the Falcons. And hold on, Andrew. I just want to get some stats up for you on this one because I'm just sick and tired of the disrespect coming from you. Taysom Hill, 27-37, 232 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 107. So he was not even as good as Philip Rivers with a I'm sorry, does a he have foot. 50 years of experience in the NFL? Phillip Guess what? Rivers Taysom Hill was also foot. the second leading rusher for that team with 83 rushing yards. So I don't want to hear it. Against the Falcons. Only sacked twice. Against the Falcons, who were on a five-game winning streak. They're not on a five. I don't they even were. think they have five wins total. They were on a four or five-game winning streak. You're Okay, they're four and eight, but let's see here. How many in a row? I'll count them. I'll count them. I've got time. i got all day. All right. One. Loss. One, two. Loss. Where's the third one? <laughs> or the fourth one, I mean. Raiders. So they lost to the Saints twice. Falcons beat the Broncos. They beat the Raiders. Bad, by the way. And the Panthers, who, by the way, you can't bet on, right, ever. Never. Uh, so, and only lost the Packers by 14. So, I mean, let's get real. The Falcons are the real deal. Um, Saints win, 21-16. Lions, uh... Comeback victory against the Bears. They were down the whole day, and they decided to be the last ones to score. I didn't see a lick of that game. Don't know why you would. I, I mean, it was I saw even the local. Bears. It was even on the one of the local channels. I saw the Bears were up by quite a bit, and I was like, "Hey, good, good for Mitch Trubisky." And and then <laughs> the Lions just come back and destroy that. Man's didn't watch hopes a bit of it. again. Dolphins again against another bad team. Play a really tight first half, and then come out and win. By double digits in the second, uh, nineteen to seven against the Bengals. You see the brawl in that game. I did. Brian Flores, Brian Flores in the middle up. of it. Good for him. What a ball! That's a coach I'd play for. 
Yes, I'd play for any of them, to be fair, <laughs> if I was playing in the NFL. Um, you want to play for Adam Gase? Yeah, I'd play for him. Of course you would. I mean, do you know the minimum salary for an NFL player? A starting quarterback last week in the league got to take advantage of that minimum salary. So, um, Browns 41 over the Titans. Big-time win for the Browns. Big-time win for the Colts. That that score, the 41-35, a lot closer than the game was. The Browns dominated this game. The first and half. The Titans did not look like they were an adequate football team. And it's it's now tied atop the AFC South with, I mean, the Colts could win out. The Titans could win out. Only, they, only problem with that was the Browns, you know, being in a tight tight race with us for wild card potentially. So Right. I think I think don't the Browns play the Ravens and the Steelers one more time. Oh yeah. But the the they Steelers sure the Steelers, we play the Steelers week 16, and the Titans play the Packers week 16. So that's going to be a yeah. big, big week for our for the AFC South. The Steelers and the Ravens beat the snot out of the Browns, so we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, Browns just look, just were pouring it on the first half. Every tweet I looked at was just, Baker Mayfield throws another one. It, good for him, by the way. Beating a, beating a big team that he probably shouldn't have beat. Some kicking things. The the Titans basically dared Baker Mayfield to beat him, and, and he, he just he did. did. So um, Raiders barely beat the Jets, uh, thirty one to twenty eight on a game winning touchdown pass. Greg Williams got fired because of it. Yes, I mean you play cover zero when you're throwing a hail mary and just leaving everybody on islands. Let's explain this. Andrew, for everyone that doesn't know, cover zero means they barely covered any receivers, and just when it was a Hail Mary situation, they decided to blitz. Cover zero is basically blitz anybody that isn't covering. So you have one-on-one with everybody, all the wide receivers, and no extra help. So no safety over the top. And if you think Derek Carr is not going to see this, come on. Derek Carr said in his post-game press conference, he said, I, I saw them playing cover zero, and he my eyes lit up. I was like, all right, bring it. And sure enough, he just launched it to one of the fastest guys in the NFL, in Henry Ruggs. I mean, you just basically throw it as far as you can, and he's going to run under it. So pretty pretty easy play for yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders, who Colts are playing next week. Big game in AFC. Vikings, we should just absolutely dismantle them um vikings get it done against the jags they're on a winning streak as well and they are trying to sneak into the playoffs on the nfc side i think they very well could dude yeah nfc starting to get tight again with the nfc west having some troubles especially like uh, arizona vikings very well could slip into it as the seventh seed um rams beat the cardinals 38 28 good game um you can read the next one. <laughs> Are you I'm upset about the it. I'm not going to acknowledge so, it. The Giants beat the Seahawks yesterday 17-12. to 12. Unbelievable game by Colt McCoy. Russell Wilson, it just, Russell Wilson, it seemed, was very unhappy with the pressure he was receiving. That The Giants, Colin Cowherd today said the Giants could win a, a playoff game. Hot take, or do you think it's true? Tyler, Tyler's calling them the Dolphins of last year. But the difference is the Dolphins didn't play in a division that you could win with a losing record. Yeah. You're Who not knows? wrong. Giants look good. That defense is making some plays. and It's a well-coached football team. 
I'm a big fan of Joe judge. I mean, they, they didn't get off to a hot start, but he's, he's creating a culture, I think in, in New York that's sustainable and the guys are buying in and you're starting to see the giants get more and more wins. Listen, the Seahawks screwed me and Russell Wilson is just plummeting from the top of the MVP talk to the bottom. We'll just, yeah, I, think, I, I refrain I from profanity in that sentence. He's a distant third right now behind my, Oh no, Rogers. he is. He's dropped past third. Who's third? Um, I mean, you could say Dalvin Cook. You could say mm. I'm trying to think of another Derrick Henry. Uh, you could say I mean, we can just Derrick Henry had a tough week too, though. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes are light years ahead of everybody. But um, right. I don't know Philip Rivers. Maybe throw him in there. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, moving along here. Packers 30, Eagles 16. Aaron Rodgers did have a better week than Patrick Mahomes. So if I had to give somebody a vote between the two of them for MVP right now, Aaron Rodgers has just edged out. Aaron Rodgers threw his 400th career touchdown pass yesterday. Pretty Congratulations. Did you see uh, Devontae? Of course, it was two Devontae Adams. Did you see him, Devontae Adams get down on one knee and present the ball to Aaron Rodgers? I did. That was, that was pretty dope. Um, Jalen Hurts, too. Carson yep. Wentz got benched. Yep. We're just Eagles one step one problem. step closer to getting Carson Wentz. Man, I don't know. One step that's closer. A, that's a mighty fat contract for a dude that's not playing very well right the, now. The, the Seahawks might just, or I'm sorry, the, the Eagles might just pay to get rid of him. <laughs> I don't know about that. We just that don't one. even want him here. Um, Patriots, 45, Chargers, zero. Wow. Molly Wop. Absolutely Molly Wopped him. Patriots aren't dead. I told they're you, not, Andrew, I'm not pronouncing them dead until they're dead. They're not dead. Bill Belichick did what he did against rookie quarterbacks, and Justin Herbert did not look good yesterday. Tough day. Did not look good. Still the leader for offensive rookie there. Um, Chiefs 22, Broncos 16, and a pretty good fo- – I mean, it was, doesn't sound super fun, 22-16, but it was a good football game. The Broncos' defense in the red zone – was very locked good down they they the chiefs had no trouble driving down the field as soon as they hit the 20 yard line couldn't do anything right and and it was it was pretty impressive the broncos i give them a couple years because i think drew lock is going to pan out once he just gets more time back there jerry judy is going to be pro bowl wide receiver kj hamler's pretty good noah Fant's going to be a pro bowl tight end i i Give the give the Bronco, Broncos had a lot of injuries this year. Give them some time. I think the Broncos are going to be a pretty good team here in a, in a year or two. Speaking of Noah Fant, did you see his tweet before the game last week without a quarterback? He says, does anybody know what Peyton Manning's doing tomorrow? Laughing but serious. <laughs> I don't Could you? I wonder how far Peyton can th- even throw a football these days. I mean, the dude's still in shape. Over the mountains over there. Dude's <laughs> laser rocket arm. Yeah. Dude's got a six pack now in retirement. The man's the man's looking good. Yeah, feeling good probably too. Uh, injuries around the league. Steelers linebacker Bud Dupree torn ACL out for the season. He is a free agent next year. Very unopportune time for him to get hurt for himself. Um, and tough loss for the Steelers. Do the Colts sign Bud Dupree in the off season after he's a torn not going to make his, he's not going to make as much money uh, next year as he would have without this injury. So maybe. We'll Who see. Knows? Um, other news around the NFL. The NFL reinstates Seahawks wide receiver Josh Gordon, who will be eligible to play starting week 16. Basically, what? The, okay. 
great. Do you think do you think he really makes a difference on this Seahawks nope. team? Didn't make a difference a couple years ago. He he's done. I mean, he's he's just a decoy at this point. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I Josh Gordon was absolutely incredible when he was fresh and, you know, um hadn't been suspended multiple times for the use of marijuana. It's uh, I mean, I don't think it was just marijuana. I think there's there's some other things involved too. It's it's kind of sad because yeah. Josh Gordon had so much so much talent, and he was he was thought of back. I mean, in the early 2010s, to be the next big wide receiver that was going to take over the league. And yep. as Stephen A. said, dude can't st- couldn't stay off the weed. And it, it's it's I, I joke, but Stephen it, it's A said that sad. while he was stoned off his gourd. <laughs> Stephen A stay off the weed. Yeah. Um <laughs> all right. Moving along. Final segment. Andrew's favorite recap segment. Um, and I've got another one for you after you name yours, because I know who it is. Go ahead, Andrew, and tell us who your Colts player of the game is this week. You predicted it. It's T. Y. Hilton. The Texans team owner came out at a vintage T.Y. Hilton performance, eight catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Let's hope that the Colts and Frank Wright continue to keep T.Y. as the vocal point of the game plan because good things happen when T.Y. Hilton gets the ball. And let's continue this right into January with T.Y. Hilton. Obvious answer. Obvious answer is T.Y. Hilton. I agree with you, but if I had to pick a second one, I'd say Justin Houston, who had kind of a... Yeah, he, he absolutely. Was, obviously, he listened to the educated fan and heard us shitting on him a little bit. Decided, you know what? This week's the week. I'm going to go beat up on Deshaun Watson a little bit. He said, "Who are these scrawny little white boys that don't know anything?" <laughs> and just decided to be so the Justin Houston that inflicts pain on everybody. Great game by Justin Houston. Exactly what the Colts needed on defense. All right, that's it. Uh Another game coming this week against another AFC team. Uh, I believe we lost to the Raiders last time we played them. So I'd rather... Last uh, year in Lucas Oil. So yeah, I'd rather this year not repeat that performance. Yeah, we're going to the new stadium in, in Las Vegas. Las Vegas! No fans, but... No fans, no owner. No owner. He will not be there No either. family, no friends. Guess not. Nobody. Did you know that? Big game in he the He said AFC. if everybody can't come, nobody's coming. Big Al. That man's haircut. Epic. Unbelievable. One of a kind, some say. This is this is a huge game because the, the Colts right now are down in a few tiebreakers because of their their record against the AFC other AFC teams. So this would be huge as far as breaking it, uh, getting a tiebreaker over Miami or or Cleveland for another wild card spot because I. I don't really want to be in that seventh seed and have to play Kansas City as our first game. That'd be tough. So We're not like big that. game, real big game this weekend. Go follow us on our social media websites like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all those places. Go follow us at the Educated Fan. That's at T H E E H D U C A T E D F A N. You know the rules. Not spelling it again. But thanks for listening. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we will be back in a few days. Go Colts. Go Colts. I fucking love football, and I love you guys. Here comes the, here comes the, 
So I keep big bills up in my heart